mean, what it comes down to is when we go to the doctor's office, we fill out a form and yeah. it's the same form every time. And yeah. so it's like looking for a red yeah. flag. So if there's like no one red page flag of questions. Then, yeah, yes. Yeah. And if it's not an obvious red flag, then there's no red flag, if you know what no I one's, mean. Yeah, no one's digging any deeper, doing exactly. more than a twenty minute consult. Welcome to the Relational Parenting Podcast. I'm Jennifer Hayes, a parent coach and 20-year childcare veteran. Each week, I sit down with my own father, Rick Hayes, and discuss the complicated issues that parents face today, as well as some of the oldest questions in the book. From the latest research and the framework of my relational parenting method, we offer thought-provoking solutions to your deepest parenting struggles. Added bonuses include intergenerational wounding discussions and guest childcare experts. We will also start taking your parenting questions in episode five. So be sure to comment with your biggest questions or email me directly at jenny at jennyb.co. Let's get started. Brandy is a parent coach and nurse who created Navigating High Needs Parenting. She combines evidence-based research, nearly 20 years as a nurse, a family nurse practitioner degree, and her experience as a mom of two high-needs children to help parents become stronger advocates for their children. She helps parents reshape their mindset, awareness, and knowledge on the path to being an advocate for their high-needs child. She believes that no parent should feel alone, confused, or unheard when navigating their child's high-needs journey. She offers one-on-one coaching and has a group coaching program starting soon. Don't come don't. here. Like Lawrence, Kansas. His first, his first sentence was, oh, no, I hope they didn't. I hope Russia didn't bomb Pennsylvania. <laughs> I was like. I watch too many be. movies is what the problem uh, is. Well, we're probably like the first place to be hit, right? Like they're going to point at D.C. We're pretty close. East Coast, yeah. Right? That's when yeah. the flyover states become handy. And it's like, well, there's nothing there worth a bomb. Oh, my yeah. God. Chicago, mainly. Maybe. For sure. All right, kids. We are. <laughs> this is the Relational Parenting Podcast. No, enough morbid. Yeah, there aren't any children listening, are there? We don't want to panic anybody. I always mark it as not appropriate for children because we curse and we discuss things like suicide and whatnot. Yeah, right. So hopefully parents <laughs> look at that before. Um, but we, right, we are here with Brandy Hall, and she is a nurse advocate, parent advocate, parent coach. Um, she goes by many names, um, and she, well, I'm going to let you introduce yourself, Brandy. I'm, I'm so terrible at that part, and I just should stop trying to do it. Um, so who are you? What do you do? And um, how did you get there? Oh, okay. I have, I know, right? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I should know how to introduce myself. Oh, sure. Um, so I've been a nurse for nearly 20 years. And um, I actually kind of stumbled into this um, haphazardly. Um, my oldest daughter became a high needs kid. Um, right around not quite two and a half. And at the time I didn't really think too much of it other than like my world was trying to end. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and we were trying to figure out her situation and I was working and doing all the things, you know, being mom. 
and I couldn't get any help for us and we Mm -hmm. couldn't figure out what was going on. And it was like this very trying time. And a couple of years into trying to figure her out, I decided to go back to school. I'm like, I could help people like us figure Mm -hmm. this out. So I went back to school, ended up getting my master's degree in nursing, thinking I'll just open a practice to help more people. And then shortly after that, I had my next daughter who ended up being high needs with a host of different issues, not like my older daughter, but a whole bunch of other things. And I was like, oh my gosh, like how, how does this happen? And then again, I Mm -hmm. found myself going to the doctor saying there, I've got this kid and she has this and this and this and this and this. And what do I do? And the doctor's like, you, there's nothing we can do for you. We can't do oh, what year? Religion. What year was this? Uh, 2022. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Gosh. So I'm like with my older daughter, it was like 20. What, what year is this? So like 2010, 2012 was our big ish. The big time we were having trouble, but I mean like, my youngest is three. So yeah. it's been like the last year and a half that I've been like, Hey, I'm having this red flag over here. And my bearing in mind, I've been a nurse for like 17 years. Yeah. Our pediatrician is fully aware that I am a nurse with a master's degree. I even did yeah. my clinical rotation in her office. So like, <laughs> she knows me. Yeah. And Perfect. So yeah. you've got some credibility there. It's not, you're not yes. a hy- yes. hysterical mother coming in, right? Right. Yeah. And nurses don't make yeah. great patients, by the way. Yeah. Um, so like, I'm, <laughs> I know we're terrible, but like this thing will come up and I'll say, Hey, you, so a lot of parents will have this thing come up and they'll call the office right away and they'll be yeah. like panicky. Nurses, we're like, oh, we're going to watch this for six weeks and then we'll think about calling the doctor's office. So that's me, right? I used to go five days just so there's, I like bell curves, you know. Some people call immediately. I like to be very calm and cool. And so I'll go a week, you know, and and watch it. Nurses go six weeks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, like, when I call you, I've already done like, Okay, we've watched this for a while. Yeah, yeah. And now it's not gone away. Like, so <laughs> um, at any rate, um, after having the second one and seeing yet going through this process again of telling the pediatrician's office that yeah. there are these flags happening and then being yeah. told there's nothing we can do, she's not old enough. There's no one to do anything for that. Like all of these different excuses. I'm like, this has to stop. Brandy, do you, are you comfortable sharing um, specifics about what your youngest is struggling with? Sure. Yeah. Um, So uh, my youngest, uh, we first started with sleep issues, which is extremely common with like infants. Um, And of course, 
um, in the office, we had one pediatrician who was like, that's really terrible. Like, let's try working on these steps. And then of course she left. Um, so, and mm-hmm. the rest of them were like, babies just don't sleep. That's the way it is. And I'm like, no, actually babies can sleep. It's a possibility. Um, but then she hit every sleep regression that they have ever recorded as a possibility in the history of children. Yeah. And then some that I don't think that they know exist. Um, yes. Um, she's extremely high energy. Um, she does not stop moving. Um, Mm -hmm. she, one of the biggest factors that I tried talking to the pediatrician about was safety. She doesn't comprehend what is safe and what is not. Um, one of the reasons hmm. that they didn't really regard my concerns was she's a toddler. And yeah. I said, I, and, and I think that I said, I get where you're coming from there, mm-hmm. but a toddler can understand. Don't touch. That's hot. Yeah. My Pretty daughter quick. will yeah. touch it and say, Oh, hot. And then put her hand back on it and then be mad at me because she touched it and it's hot. Do you, I'm like, we're not. And then it's almost like like an impulse control. Like she knows it's not safe, but can't stop herself. Yes. And like she she climbs Hmm. up my cupboards, like she can scale up the cupboard and then onto the stove and Hmm. touch the hot stove. And in like seconds, like she's so fast. Oh, they're so so fast. They're so fast. (laughs) And I was like trying to explain all these things to them. I said, she's not safe. I said, I had to lock my whole house down because she can get out the door. I mean, before kids could comprehend opening doorknobs, she was able to open the doorknobs and be outside and running off. And, um, and she does things deliberately that she shouldn't be doing. Um, but just not outside of those, like, for me, the safety thing was like the biggest issue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. but, um, her inability to s- sit still, to stop moving, to stay focused. Um, she'll ask me to do a task like Play-Doh or coloring or something like that. By the time I can get it out for her, she can't sit down to do it. Um, uh, what was the other big flag? Uh, oh, toe walking. Mm. Most kids, most kids that develop toe walking, stop doing it by the time they're two. Yeah, she's gonna be four in the fall. She still toe walks at least eighty percent of the time. Um, we did uh, PT for that and OT, and they developed. They determined it was a sensory issue. Um, she has oral motor sensory. Uh, which incidentally started when she was teething, but it never stopped. So she mm-hmm. mouths and chews on pretty much anything she can put fit in her mouth, um, okay. which should have ended when she got most of her teeth in yeah. and didn't. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, and she's, she's speech. She has uh, speech delay. Delay. So, so what are these nearly, all, what are these all indicative of? to you and or your doctors? Well, the doctors said nothing. Okay. Um, they still really? don't think that she has it. Yeah. Like it's not they, severe enough. Um, okay. yep. She, she doesn't have 
any of the red flags on their scale mm-hmm. that indicate anything. Okay. That's so, my thought is it's just outside their experience or training. They, you know, they, they have no idea what to make of it either. Yes. And I think, I think what happens is, and I think it's because we live in such a small area. Um, they have very basic testing. Um, so like, I mean, what it comes down to is when we go to the doctor's office, we fill out a form and it's the same form every time. And so it's like looking for a red flag. So if there's no red flag questions, yeah, yes. And if it's not an obvious red flag, then there's no red flag. If you know what I mean. Yeah. No one's digging any deeper, doing more than a 20 minute consult. Yeah. It kind of becomes incumbent upon the parent to know the magic, to learn the magic words to put on the form. Exactly. Or find a specialist, just like go past the family doctor or whatever and be like, well, and with your, and with your experience, I know we'll get Hmm. there, but like who, so who, so then what were your next steps then when pediatrician, family doctor weren't finding anything or, or seeking deeper? So for us, I went and I got early intervention involved. Um, and I, and I believe that that's something that's available like nationwide, mm-hmm. um, and which is a great option for children under three, but if they're over three, then that's not an option. And that's, yeah, you know, oh, really? that kind of stinks. Cause that ends at that age. Now there First. are programs, generally they're County based for kids yep. who are older. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a less encompassing program so that's not as great an option I mean something is better than nothing but to have less options isn't always as great yeah um but when we start when we ran into this problem with our pediatrician was exactly what pushed me in this direction um there are too many parents who don't know to advocate for their kids in this manner. They don't know if their pediatrician doesn't tell them that they need to go somewhere else or seek another resource. Well, there's no base, there's no base of child development knowledge. Like a lot, like the majority of parents have never, have never taken a child development class, have never taken a psych 101, have not, like yeah. there's no yeah. standard of educa- of educating parents unless they know to seek it for themselves. A lot right. of people walk into parenting thinking they're just tiny adults. So I'll just yes. yep. keep it's them safe and feed them. And, and, yeah. yeah. Yes. And there's yes. no, there's no like basis of this is normal. This is not. Right. And some yes. people yeah. just aren't assertive. You know, they won't challenge an authority or, or oh, ask, for sure. ask questions, right? People are afraid yeah. to ask questions. Well, so that's kind of why we're doing this is getting the word out today. This stuff comes up and here's some yep. ideas and give us a call. Yeah. No. Wow. Yeah. And that's exactly that's exactly one of my my points is for generations now, we've never questioned the doctors because yeah. they're yeah. the doctor and they know what's best. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, no. They not don't. always. <laughs> and exactly. And and I'm not here to say that the doctors are wrong or they don't know what they're talking about. And certainly not to say that a lot of what they do isn't what's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes they are people too. And, right. you know, misdiagnoses happen. 
um, undiagnoses happen. Mm -hmm. um, and we have to start asking questions. We have to understand what it is that we're doing in our health, not yeah. just our yeah. health, our children's health. You know, yes. if we are taking care of our children's or our adult parents or, you know, mm -hmm. at some point in our lives, we take care of both ends. But yeah. we have to understand our health. Yeah. And if we don't ask the questions, we don't get a better understanding. Mm -hmm. So, Well, and in defense of doctors, times have changed. In the 1700s, up till the 1700s or so, you could be a statesman and a physician and a, you know, run a farm or an estate and do all those things that the, you know, founding fathers did. Um, things have gotten more complicated and now you're lucky to be a pediatrician without some kind of specialty. You know, there's all right. kinds of flavors of stuff mm -hmm. and so much specialization that, yeah, it really becomes incumbent now that the times are different. You know, people are the Human beings are the same, but boy, you really got to shop around to find a real expert. And you know, if you've got something that's yeah. strange, that that can be a real journey trying to track down the person right. who who knows what this is. You know, yep, so for wow, sure. yeah, yeah, and, you've got and a it's... whole list of things that are not showing up on a standard pediatrician's questionnaire. Yeah. And it's not always easy. Like I said, we are in a pretty rural area. So mm. you might have a kid who's one in 10,000. Yeah. And I live in a, ten of, a town of 10,000. Yeah. So yeah. If, if she's got the symptoms of one in 10,000, there might not be another kid here like her. Yeah. It's an excellent metric. At one time, at any one time in living memory, there may only be one. Yeah. Right. Wow. Right. Never seen before, which means nobody in town has ever seen it before. Exactly. Exactly. So they don't understand, you know, her symptoms or her expressions or, you know, those kinds of things. So yeah. it's hard to get that through. And then, um, so what are your next options? Right. Yeah. Have you, so have you taken her then? Have you looked for specialists? Have you, do you guys have, now that she's three, has anyone given her any kind of like preliminary diagnosis um, or anything like that? So our pediatrician doesn't. Um, the last it was discussed there is they would wait till she's five. Um, and that was pretty much my, Golly. my, my deciding factor there because um, I was like, so we would basically wait till she's in kindergarten for there to be a problem before we would look into this. And then I said, that's and that's, that's a bigger problem, right? Because then yeah. we have behavior issues that can, that stem into bigger behavior issues. Yeah. And then we have a, a poor teacher who's trying to deal with 20 kids in a room who have never been in a structure yeah. like that and well that's two said, extra that's years of ingrained habits and time yes. like prime learning years to yes change habits or put treatment in place yep. or to whatever like that's, routine 
insane to me. Yes. Yeah. You're, yes. Find, you're finding the different, you're finding the uh, way the system, that's the way the system works. What, what mm-hmm. they're telling you is that, no, 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 we have to wait for this to become a problem in school. We don't know what yeah. to do. Yes. Maybe the next, you know, that's kind of like, yeah, I know you can't read, but we're going to pass you on to the ninth grade anyway. Right. Um, kind of passing on the hopefully, hopefully, yeah, yeah, good for you, good for you. You're lucky, you know. You can mm-hmm. spot that, that. Hey, that's not that's not ideal. Let's see if yep. there's another solution. Yeah. So um, the next option is um, reaching out to the the children's hospital, mm-hmm. which unfortunately for us is nearly two hours from here. Wow, you but, are rural. Yeah. 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 So. Um, they they do have a couple satellite facilities, not a lot closer. It's like an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, but getting appointments in there is tight. Um, yeah. Sometimes it takes a couple months to get in. Yeah, they so serve a big area apparently. Hmm. They do. They do. Um, they're the only children's hospital in this side of the state. Oh. Um, there's only three in the state, I think. Um. So it's, I mean, there's not a lot of options at all, really. Um, so that was, that was kind of the, the point of why I kind of went down this path because it's hard to be, it's hard to be a parent like this and even knowing that there are options available, but then figuring out what they are and how to get there. Yeah. Um, Parenting is tough anyway. If you're having to kind of DIY, super specialized stuff here. Right. Exactly. Good for you. Good on you, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Well, yeah. And it's, it's challenging. And I mean, like, and I know medicine, you know, like there's most of these parents don't have a clue yeah. you know, yeah. who to call or, you know, who to reach out to. Um, and I, f- I found myself with both of these girls looking around going, why am I the only parent with this problem? Yeah. Why, you know, like yeah. no one else has to deal with this. Why do I have to go through this? And I was like, oh, this is ridiculous. I am not the only parent in the world with this problem. <laughs> good oh for my you. Gosh. Really good for you. Know, you. you know, but every parent with a kid with high needs is like, why am I the only parent? Yeah. Um, Feeling I mean, isolated. Like, oh, that yes, could be bad. Yeah. It's very lonely. It's very isolating. And even sometimes, like, it's hard. It can be hard to meet other parents with similar issues. So I was like, there has to be a solution or at least a community to, like, bring people together. So like, that was one of my goals too, was like creating something to help people understand more about their issues and, and that they're not alone because you can't have things like this happening and really be alone. But I found that when there's truly a kids with a kid with high needs, it can push your support systems out. Um, Like people don't know how to handle it. People don't know how to deal with it. And sometimes the people who should be closest to you tend to 
step back or step away. Um, like family and friends and those people that you would think yeah. would be the the first ones to help you yeah, may not be. Don't it's know what to say. Don't know how Divorces, to help. Yeah. You know, yeah. People back off from things they don't, they don't, yes. you know, or I don't know makes, what to do. Or they get uncomfortable. So they just separate. Yeah. Um, or in the same, you know, like a lot of the generations, they like to give you the unsolicited advice here's what you need here's what she needs that's very helpful yes and then that just makes you feel like a bad parent so it's very hard to be a parent of a high needs child and deal with that as well so there's a lot of challenge that comes from just being the parent as well as being the advocate for the child too. Yeah. And take care of yourself. And yes. run a household. Yeah. And 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 you know, all the and other, you know, and plus. social life or yeah. church or whatever yeah. you do, whatever your life looks like before right. kids. And you know, yeah. oh. Randy, you and I had like that was one of the things that I bolded from our from our two conversations. Um you said you were like parenting is already like this insane journey, like, and it's, and difficult and, you know, you, your children are a mirror for you already dealing with all your own stuff and trying to keep them alive and trying, like you just listed dad, like get to the church, get to the PTA, get them to school, get them like yeah. the right nutrition and the right physical exercise Cycling and, club, running, and also whatever, like, yeah, I have to shower, I have to eat, I have to, you know, do all these things. And then you add, a child with higher needs or a highly sensitive child or a child with a learning disability or like any of these atypical needs on top of how difficult parenting already is. It's like, it's like where, you know, my thing is, is I'm trying to create a support group and community for just parents parenting is insane enough and finding support in parenting is hard enough add a child with different needs on top of it. And it's like, why am I completely yeah. alone in this? Yes. Whole nother, whole nother. Level. Nobody listened to me. Nobody knows how to help. Nobody knows what to do. And it's like, it is 2023. You guys, there are specialists and doctors like, and we still have doctors saying there's nothing's wrong with them. Yeah. Yep. And your mom gut yeah. is like, excuse me, hello, <laughs> doctor. <No. laughs> so here's an yes. analogy. Most parenting, most people get through with like, hey, I played baseball in high school or, you know, and you go to the next year, you, know, you do sports at college level. And, you know, this kind of parenting is kind of major league parenting where you're really Ooh, yeah, foul, fooling around with the system and. You know, this is a kind of parenting, you know, special needs kids. This is parenting in a whole different league than a lot of people have to mess with. You know, most than the majority of people have to, which is why the systems are not great, you know, because there's a lot of cracks. Apparently you found a lot of, it sounds like you found a lot of cracks in the system. Yes, for sure. For your daughters. I like that. Do you have a membership community, Brandy? It's in the works. Yes. Okay. I was just yep. thinking, I was like, major league parenting could be like your, 
like that baseball analogy. I'm like, ooh, like, like this is the major league parenting in the major leagues. No, kidding. I like that. Yeah, that's yeah, no, cool, you're welcome to it. That's that's, that's <laughs> I'd, I'd be surprised if some, you know, the way the internet is, there's probably already twelve websites out there with that name. Yeah. You probably have to fight the, tra- the trademarks, but no, yeah, that's kind of that just wow. You know, I anytime anytime a normal parent gets to feeling sorry for themselves, then you know you, you get to hear stories like this, and it's like, oh yeah, life does exist on a whole different level. Quit complaining, you know. Yeah. For sure. Like it's definitely, Uh, it's definitely challenging to kind of work through that path. Um, not knowing like what comes day to day and, and then sometimes not knowing why you're on that path anyway, um, or how you're going to get to the next step. Um, I mean, parenting's like that anyway, right? Like Mm -hmm. you don't know what's, really what's coming next. Um, and I, I don't want to say that you're as a parent, you're not along for the ride for the joy of it. But I think when you're parenting high needs, like there's a certain level of anxiety that comes on on a daily Mm. basis that you just don't know how you're going to handle the next day. Um, like we always want to enjoy where we are and what's coming, but sometimes you're too anxious to just yep. be there and enjoy the ride in the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You need recovery. You have some kind of, uh, you have a bad yeah. day and sometimes you need time to recover and there's not, yes. you know, there's not always time. Yeah. We don't and get so, a lot of downtime. Yeah. So that's, uh, that becomes a, then you're, I think then you're the next, level of defense is and now you what you were saying before about your self-talk about hey i'm you know i'm not gonna let this uh uh not get to me but you you said something a minute ago that i admired in your self-talk and so yeah getting your taking care of yourself that's something jenny and i have talked about before is it's important to be able to take care of yourself and make yourself now you can kind of deal with more but it's still it's a it's a lot of work you know, raising mm-hmm. kids is a is a sacred kind of thing. Motivation is is key. It's not for the faint of heart. For sure. So, what's your uh, what's your uh, uh, we started to touch on what you're doing to get the word out. I mean, that's kind of Jenny's mission here is you know find parents that are not getting everything they feel they need and and get them together and so how are you going about doing that um that's what i'm working on right um so i do uh coaching for navigating high needs parenting Hmm. and working with parents one-on-one i'm getting ready to open my group coaching program and then i'll be doing a membership with with that as well. So, um, the goal there is to create that community, um, so that we don't have to feel alone in that. Um, I just started my blog a couple weeks ago, so that'll be like one of my big outreach methods there. Um, we got to get all that for the the description. Yeah. Get all that information where people can find you. All of that will be 
in the show notes where to find if you are a parent of a high needs child um, or you think you might be a parent of a high needs child and no one will validate it or help you figure it out. Um, we will have, yeah, we'll have all your resources, all your links and everything in the show notes, Brandy, so people can find you for sure. So we can uh, collaborate, make a network. Apparently the system's not there for everybody and we, we will band together by golly. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, people need help getting that figured out, I think. I love this. I have so many questions that I'm just like, I don't know which one to ask. Um, so yeah, wanting to support other parents who are struggling with this, who aren't able to find. So give us, you know, don't give away the farm here, but what are some typical, um, you know, how to, how to advocate. So skills for advocating for your child, for pushing back, right. When a doctor tells you, um, nothing's wrong with them, they're fine. And in a dip, you know, in a diplomatic way and, and so how to advocate and, you know, if you're just hitting a brick wall, when is, you know, when is that time to, go somewhere else to start the Google searches for, um, finding specialists and, you know, just going over the family doctor's head. It's like, all right, well, I'm going to go somewhere else and get my kid the care that they need. Um, what are some of the, what are just some of the general skills that you're teaching parents? Um, yeah. Cause you're a nurse. So you like, you, you have to know how to talk to a doctor. My husband is a nurse. Um, you guys, yet another thing you have in common. <laughs> um, and a lot of our conversations about like about his day are around how he had to handle doctors or handle himself yeah. handle, on a team handle. of nurses and doctors. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that that's, that's a very overlooked skill that nurses tend to have and develop is how to, how to talk. So doctors will listen. So I think the first thing, as far as advocating to your doctor is knowledge. Um, the more you know about your situation, the better, because if they realize that, you know, what you're talking about, mm -hmm. then it's, it's easier to get through to them. Absolutely. They're technicians, you know, just yes. like a brake technician, but way more educated. You know, it's like yeah. you have to be specific. They haven't got time to wade through 10 years of symptoms. They want to know they got a problem to solve. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so going so, in prepared is good. Yeah, for sure. Um, so if you can be really specific with them, you know, like when the issue started, what the issue actually is and, um, really break it down for them. Um, mm -hmm. you have a tendency to get through a little easier for them. Um, data. yes, exactly. You kind of got some data, um, dates, times, places. Yeah. Yes. You know, very specific symptoms. Um, 
even as to go as far as what time the symptoms happen. Some things happen in the morning. Some things happen in the evening. They don't happen in the middle of the daytime, things like that. Yeah. Um, if you're, if you can be very specific with them, they're more likely to listen, yeah. especially if this is something that's ongoing. Um, yeah. and if it repeats itself and you can show that it repeats itself like that, you'll catch yeah. their ear a little more. Um, mm-hmm. and if, if you can see these repeating patterns and present it to them and let them know that you see it repeating. Um, I think that's, I think that's where people tend to fall short is they aren't persistent enough when something is, is repeating like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and they may see their doctor once and mention it kind of casually. And then they might wait for their next, three-month appointment or six-month appointment, or sometimes when the kids get a little bigger, they don't see them for another year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But but persistence is is what's important. Um, well, that persistence, that persistence comes from trusting yourself. Yeah. So there's a, so there's a coaching. I, that's something that people will get via coaching, right? Is if you are an mm-hmm. unsure parent, if you yeah. aren't well-versed in child development, if you aren't well-versed in, um, disease or whatever, which most, most people aren't unless like, that's what you went to college for. That's what you do. Like, uh, so, and I think that there is like we were talking about earlier, there's this trust in, in doctors, in medical faculty that they know, that they've studied this and they know, and they have answers and to a degree that is correct. But there's also something that I always make sure parents are tapping into is their own intuition. Yes. Because gut feeling, gut, that gut feeling that everybody talks about is real. It's actually like scientifically proven at this point. And you know, your child better than any other human being on earth. Exactly. And if something feels wrong, keep going until somebody listens to you. But that has to come from you trusting yourself and your instincts. Yes. And don't don't figure, don't get, uh, this is really reminding me, I'm I'm an IT guy. This really reminds me of kind of a technical support issue too, tears, because... You want your intuition, you know, you know your child best, and that, that, you know, your concern, that drives you. That's the motivation for doing this. But then you also have to learn how to talk to other people. You can't just yell at the doctor because right. he's not he's not intuiting what's wrong with your child. He needs that, you know, you got to learn to collect data. You got to learn to, you know, um, speak in terms that the doc, you know, what is it you you know, maybe an important question is to say, what do you need to know? I'm describing this thing. What do you need to know? I don't hear doctors. I don't hear that conversation very often. And it's like, what do you need? Oh, I need dates, times, places, Pat, you know, they're, they're being diagnosticians 
And it's a lot like, hey, somebody calls the technical support line and says, hey, my computer's not working. It's like, well, is it on? You know, check the on button. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and start there. You know, is it plugged in? Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here 500 miles away, and I need a little more information to help you. And I'm beginning to kind of see that's, that's where we're falling in the system is a place people can call to get over a hump or... You know, it's it's hard one experience that that this level of people have that can navigate people through uh, through a challenging time with something that's really important to them, their children. Uh, you know, that's everybody can use a little help. This guy this might be a good use of the internet rather than TikTok and that kind of thing. Getting people, getting these communities built. You know. Yes. Yeah. So Brandy, um, so ad, so presenting data, um, and as factual information as we can to a doctor, um, especially if it's a repeating behavior and then, um, being persistent, um, what else, what else should we bring with us to the doctor's office when we are advocating for our children? Yeah. Yeah. Um, knowing your concerns, um, letting them know why this concerns you. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I went to the doctor and I told them that I was concerned for my daughter's safety. And if you have a concern like that based on their behaviors or their actions or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, whatever it is that you're observing, if there's something in particular that stands out, like, you know, like I said, safety or, um, you know, education or, you know, something in particular, make that known to them. The more, the more evidence you can bring with you and the more backing you can bring with it, the more they're going to hear that as well. Yeah. Um, Describe it in such a way that it's not background noise to them so it's not normal yes yes my daughter climbs climbed up on the counter and fell oh well you know all kids eventually do that well she's done it 12 times in the last month oh well that's quite a bit (laughs) yes or whatever or whatever number is quite a bit and and uh and get yeah get their attention tell a story it's right, kind right. of turning well, into storytelling, right? You know, it's, yeah. it's like tell tell the story that grabs their attention. Like I said, uh, my daughter put her hand on the hot stove. Oh. Okay, kids, do mm. that. No, she got, I put her down. She climbed back up, put her hand on the hot stove. Yeah. And they That's go, she, really? Yeah. And I went, yes. And then I put her down and she climbed back up and put her hand back on the hot stove. And they went, yeah, that's a, oh, that's really? a good story. Yeah, got through yes. there. And then I said, and then she was mad at me because the stove was hot. Yeah, that's an issue. That's not something that typical kids would, yes. Those are the kinds of things that will catch their attention. Yeah, yeah. Excellent point. How to tell, how to, how to talk to the doctor so they can, so they get what you're, get where you're at and understand the situation. You know, those yes. guys, those guys, they guys say guys, those people get so trained and they're so focused on things, most of them nowadays, you know, there aren't any generalists. Generalists are getting scarce. 
And yeah. so, you know, trying to talk to somebody with 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 10 years of schooling and 30 years of experience and get them the details they need, it's, it can be challenging. You know, it takes some learning. The uh, other thing that you can do is uh, write notes, rehearse it before you go, hmm. um, because they are going to be limited on their time. And yeah. um, you want to make sure that you hit your points and be level-headed. Yeah, um, don't be... Don't be upset or hysterical right. like a like a like an astronaut about to die out in space. Hello, Houston. Yes. We have a problem. <laughs> yes, and you don't you Just don't want to argue with them either because that's going to push them the other direction. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't be defensive. I always go to the yep. doctor with a list. Yes, question and me too. And pull it out in front of them. Yes. Right. Don't forget to Absolutely. ask these questions. And so you, yeah. it's like a, an interview or something. You kind of prepare a little bit for it instead of just calling them hysteric. You know, when you are hysterical, when you are upset, my yeah, child for sure. got yeah. into my car. Have a quick yeah. conversation with them. Good point. I love this because this is given, this is giving the audience like a tangible um, place to start. So yeah. bringing your data, your evidence, being persistent making sure that they know why it matters, right? What are your concerns? My child, like my child is constantly in danger or hurting themselves or this or that. Um, yep. Bring your notes, yep. your list, rehearse so that you don't jumble over your words and you don't get like nervous and anxiety and all of that. And then um, be level-headed and calm. So not confrontational, but yeah, like Look present in it. <laughs> present yeah. your research basically like right. like observe take notes and walk in confidently and be like this is what's happening and it's not normal and it's not safe be prepared what's your suggestion mm-hmm. <laughs> yep mm-hmm. yeah and call yeah. somebody you're not alone and there's people that's right like Jenny and Brandy to call um you know seriously yeah. And uh, yeah. or email, and we'll you know figure out how that works. But I just want everyone to know I don't tell him, I don't tell him to say these things. That's why I always grin when he does because I'm. It's very sweet. He's always pushing our. Well, part of well, part of it services. is yeah, part of it's that, but the other part is trying to change the world. All this is great. We can sit around and talk, but if nobody listens, or if nobody, you know, if we don't fill the crack in the system, it's not really making the world as good a place as, you know, a random listen to somebody. What are the odds that one particular thing we talk about is going to uh, fix? I, I, I'm, I've, I'm, I have bigger ambitions. I want to fix the world. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, find yeah. a place where, where people can get a hold of us and there's a network and, and we do the same thing. Hey, yeah, we do, you know, I do this kind of parenting. You want to call Brandy. That sounds like high needs parenting. Call Brandy. And, yeah. And then we'll figure out how to how to make that work best. Yeah. I'm a big reconnect. Kind of guy. We want to reconnect <laughs> the world. Like we need to get off social media and get not to say like building a community these days does mean it is heavily online. But then if those yeah. communities grow, you know, Brandy, you're building a membership. I'm building a membership, and you find each other in your cities and then you can actually meet up in person. Like I'm in a business group, um, 
and we find each other in cities. I just had a coffee date with someone in Colorado like two weeks ago. It was awesome. We actually met in person and like, she's going to be on the podcast and (laughs) we had coffee together. I'm like, I want to be best friends with you. Like, can we be best friends, please? Um, And that's like, that's the goal is to bring people together so that we actually rebuild what used to be our village, what used to be our support systems, what used to be like people taking care of each other versus everyone just blocked off in their inside their four walls from the world and like seclusion and I yeah. don't yeah, just it's evolution. What Brandy was saying before, you know, uh, when you run into a problem that you that's one in ten thousand kids, then yeah. the community is very spread out unless you're in the middle of 20 million people and even then yeah. it's hard to get connected these days that's what the that was always mm-hmm. what the internet was about was if there's six people that share a hobby across the globe they can get connected now they can find and, each other uh, yeah <laughs> yeah you know and chat and so that's i'm looking at that this way uh or this that way anyway um <laughs> You know, it's like, hey, we can we can Both have ways. a serious effect on people who have a problem that at the rate of one in ten thousand or one in a hundred thousand, all this strange stuff that seems to be getting worse. By the way, not to, you know yes. the autism and yes. stuff we yep. eat, and I mean, there's so many, so many global warming. There's so many, we'll start off controversial trigger phrases, but you know, there's something <laughs> going on. And there's some weird stuff floating around, and boy, it would be nice to have a uh, be able to get us all connected and referred. Definitely, you know. Yeah. Outstanding work, Brandy. Boy, this is this has uh, been such a journey for you. I gotta, I gotta say, I don't know if I'm, a, I don't know if I'm as tough as you are. That's what a challenge. Good Thanks. for you. Good for you. It's good to have motivation of your children, I'll bet. That probably helps. Right? Yeah. So did you, so you were bedside nursing before you decided to go back and get your master's and and Mm -hmm. help other parents and and, um, patients with uh, different needs. From bedside, did you, let's see, Mm -hmm. I swear I'm developing a stutter. Uh, did you don't. always intend? Did you always intend to leave bedside when you first became a nurse, or did you see yourself being bedside, taking care of other people forever, and then this your ch- your children came along and inspired you to do something else? Well, when I first went to nursing school. I actually was wanted to be a flight nurse. Oh my god! So you and my husband need to talk. He's cool. Oh my god! You guys literally have way too many things in common. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Keep going. Your story. The only, yeah. The only reason I was bedside at all is because it's required to get there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had my first daughter, and I was like, Yeah, I don't know if I really want to fly. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Changes things. Yep, it did. It did. So then I had her, you know, first high needs kid, decided to go back to school. And um, initially, part of me said, I'll go back to school and get an NP 
so I could work in an office and not have to do the um, intense. I was an ER nurse, so I hmm. was looking for a way to still take care of people and not be in such a high paced so environment. Yeah. Um, but I didn't like working on the floor, like upstairs yeah. on the floor, you know? So I didn't want to just like move to a different area. Yeah. I was like, I'll go be an NP and work like nine to five. Yeah. Um, and Very then good. the more we struggled with her, um, her eating disorder, I was like, I don't want to do that. Um, yeah. and, but honestly it wasn't until I finished school and started working in an office that I was like, I don't want to do this. Mm. I don't want to be working this kind of this, this environment. Um, and that was, I would say partly because it's limited here, but, mm. um, the, cha- the, the current state of medicine. Yeah. Here's your prescription. Here's well, here's your 15 minutes with the provider. Here's yeah. your prescription. We'll see yeah. you in three months. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not taking care of people. Not yeah. very holistic, that's, not very yeah. Not that's a, a whole no. Yeah. And I wasn't no country doctors. Was not at all. And I was very much against treating people like that. So yeah. and then I had my second daughter shortly after, and I was like, yep, this has to be different. See, so that's kind of the system. I mean, that's that's the 15 minutes that here, if we could get them to refer, what's the barrier to, okay, that's tier one medicine, comes in, symptoms present, and then what's it? what might it take in the system? Maybe we can encourage changes in the system that would serve high-needs parents better so that you're not having to go off and get a master's degree in nursing to learn how to talk to a doctor to get him to pay attention that no I need the specialist two hours away you know yeah. what what you know the sorting the triage of uh, of an issue how do what would you do you have any suggestions for how we could change that? I think there so, has to be a better, a better evaluation. Um, yeah. Like, cause like I said, when we, when we do those, those forms, when we go in, they're very basic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't think that those are a good, a good evaluation. Um, hmm. And I don't even know if they're current, to be really honest with you. Yeah. Uh, but they're based um, on hundred year old studies. You know, a lot of them are, are pretty are pretty dated psych studies um that really don't even encompass the current high needs systems that we're seeing right now. Yeah. Or that we're seeing escalating right now. What's going through my mind is so we do have general practitioners and there's a reason for that. And you go to those doctors, like you have a family doctor for, for basic needs. Like I have a cold or my kid has a cold or we have a fever or we've got someone's throwing up or we've, you know, and, but the, The but the process, 
the process is meant to be anything above their above general needs should be referred to someone who take, can take care of them. Like if you bring your child to your general practitioner with 104 fever, they are not going to hesitate to send them to the hospital. Right. So where, like, where is this disconnect? Is it, is it just that there's still a lack of widespread understanding? Is it in just rural areas? Is it, but where a GP will not say, I mean, I guess if your pediatrician's telling you all of that's normal, there's nothing wrong with your kid, then they don't see a reason to refer you out. Um, as opposed do you to think that's what's happening? Your face tells me you don't think that's what's happening. <laughs> well, I, I think it's a combination of things. Okay. I think some of it is a lack of resources in mm. areas yeah. like where I am because there's no one else. Yeah. The, the general practitioner treats everything. Um, yeah. And then we can get into sticky conversations with that because should they treat everything? No, they're not, they're, they're not educated to treat everything. There's a GP has an education of a certain kind, just like a pediatrician has, has a certain education, just like a nurse has a certain education. Like if it's out of your scope of practice and if I'm like, as a coach, there's, there's, um, what's the word? It's not morality, uh, integrity. If a parent is dealing with something ethical, thank you. If a parent is dealing something that I am not qualified or learned in or whatever, I have zero problem saying this is outside of my scope. And I think that you should speak to this doctor, or I think that you need to speak to this specialist, or you need to seek out a psychotherapist for this particular level of need sorry, et cetera, keep going. (laughs) Well, no. And I think, no, and I think you're right on track there because some of them will go to a continuing education class and be like, Oh, I took a class on that. I read Mm. an article on that. I Mm -hmm. had to do this thing that related to that thing that qualifies me to take care of that patient. Yeah. It really does it though. Really? Um, it gives you an awareness. It helps you know when to refer someone to a higher level. They either don't have the resources or like in in this particular area, I think like the rural areas, some of the people can't get out of town to the further places. Yeah. So the doctors will just go ahead and take care of it themselves, which again, yeah. same situation. That's probably not the right answer. Um but they just do it anyway. Mm. Um, Or it just, I don't want to say that it's not just easier. Sometimes it looks like it's just easier. Yeah. I don't know that that's the right answer, but sometimes. Well, from, from an individual standpoint, absolutely. There's, you know, there's, things there's probably things he can do and can't do and there's more you know they're they're people too they're complicated doctors are so yeah you know there's who knows what all falls into that category if it looks easier absolutely 
Right, right. Well, and I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of the political background too. I mean, it depends on how deep you get into it as well, because like, um, well, will so-and-so's insurance cover that? And won't they, you know, all yeah. of that kind of stuff. So I could refer you to this place, which would be the best place for you, except your insurance doesn't cover that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. should we bother? Because then you'll have to pay for it out of pocket. Yeah. Well, then the parents are like, Oh, um, I, Oh, I can't do that. You know what I mean? So then, then it gets stickier and there's a lot of situations like that. Um, well, an economic, I mean, there there are all kinds of families who can't afford medical care in this country. And, and I think a lot, a lot of people, even, even when you make, when you're middle class or upper class or whatever, when you make enough money, there's, it's still hard, if not impossible to afford medical care in this country without insurance, which is also heinously priced. Yeah. So then it's like, okay, is this a terrible GP or are they trying to help a family who can't afford care any higher than this? Right. Well, and, and this is a very, this is adjacent to the same situation, the mental health situation that we're in right now. Um, it, it falls in line with this because a lot of these high needs kids are on the behavioral path. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't take insurance or yeah. they take minimal insurances yep. or the insurance will only pay 25% of that visit. Yeah. And oh. those practitioners are paying or charging $300 a visit. Yep. Wow. So whose responsibility is going to pay for that. Do you know what I mean? So So it does become economic real quick. If the, if the GP can, can take care of that kid for the copay of an office visit versus a $300 mental health visit. Yeah. It, you know, I mean, here's what they're going to do anyway. I'll just do it. Yeah. Where they are doing me a favor. Yeah. Right. Right or wrong. They're trying to help you. Not yeah. naming any names, of course. Yeah. Right. Gosh. That yeah. is that is a tough road, Brandy. Yeah. Well, Brandy, is there anything that we have not touched on that you hoped to share with a parent audience? Um or any part of your story that you feel is important that we haven't touched on yet? The only thing that comes to mind is um, I said high needs a lot today. Um, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense to a lot of people. Okay. Um, Do you want to define that? that a little bit? Yeah, yeah a little bit. Um, so for me, high needs are children who require a lot of our energy mm-hmm. um and not necessarily specific to any one type of diagnosis mm-hmm. um as i mentioned earlier like my one daughter has eating disorder which she was diagnosed at 2 wow. um my other one has um a sp- a speech delay and oral and sensory disorders and then sleep issues and a whole list of other things. 
So that kind of falls into those categories, plus developmental disorders, um, their delays, um, Mm -hmm. cognitive delays, autism, ADHD, um, all kinds of things like that. Kind of a constellation. Yes, yes. So it's not a limiting um, phrase. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to, like, I was trying to find something that encompassed everything that would be in there without limiting to anything one type. Um, And I found that to be a little bit challenging at first, trying to keep everybody listed. But really what it boiled down to was finding the, the type of parent um, because it's the parent whose child requires a lot. Yeah. That's a, a lot great from distinction us from the parent, the not, a, not a medical term, but that's a parenting yes. term. These are, these yes. are kids that need a little, they need more time than average kids or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. They require more from us than most. Um, and in that we may or may not have help, um, either, you know, like I said earlier, we've don't have a support system. We've lost our support system and that being family, friends, the providers, um, I'm, I'm here to help you find providers that will help you get what you need. But even if your providers are awesome, because sometimes that is sure. is there, um, but sometimes your the rest of your support system isn't great. Mm-hmm. Um, but you need to have, you know, the support so that you can have good self care, mm-hmm. um, and be so strong keep your enough own, to be keep your own head above water, like with a like yes. That's and mindset so and because traversing yes. a child with high needs is not always just about getting them what they need. It's about your self-care, self-worth, mindset, right, perseverance, all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not strong enough to get yourself there, you're not going to be strong enough to get them there. Yeah. So, you know, you definitely have to take care of you to get there. Um, And you need a community and help to do that. So I definitely am here to guide and help the parents on that path. Good luck. This is really a dense subject, Brandy. I did not expect to go so many different directions with this. Well (laughs) done. There's a lot. There's a lot. There is a lot. Awesome. Um, well, Brandy, thank you so much for being here. Where can, where can everybody find you? I am on Facebook, um, at navigating high needs parenting. I have a group and that's my handle as well. Um, and Instagram, Brandy parent advocate. And my website is mrsbrandyhall.com. Awesome. And all of that we will link in the show notes. So anyone listening can just scroll to those and click on any of those to find, follow, 
and reach out to Brandy. Um, and let's see, we, the podcast here, we've got our Patreon open. Uh, that's also in the show notes. If you are looking, if you are a parent with a high needs child, reach out to Brandy. If you are a parent, period, looking for community, my membership will open later this summer. And yeah, my dad is here to change the damn world <laughs> with this podcast. Yeah. He does not have a website. <laughs> I think I need to retire immediately um, and devote full time to this. Right. Um, I'm, getting excited, I'm getting excited because yes. there's a lot of opportunity and there's a lot of knowledge out there. How, how do we get tip, tapped into that? How do we help parents? When I've tasked you, I tasked you last week with, um, you were asking yes, me, you were asking me, like, give me something to do. <laughs> yes, ma'am. How can I yes, help? What can I do? Put me to work. And Change the damn I'm, world. Right? I'm on it. Right? I'm on it. I so I sent him... Great. Uh, I tasked you with uh, our delegated you finding um, sponsors for the podcast so that we can start. We will start running ads um, and um, running ads on for companies that we align with, of course, and yep. um, are also on a mission to change the world, to help parents, to serve kids, uh, and all of those things. And then, you know, little things along the way, like I love Zoa energy drinks and they have the healthiest ingredients of any energy drink I've found. So start using, um, start using, uh, uh, merch from, from vendors. Right. So stuff, if I can know? get the rock, if I can get the rock to sponsor my parenting podcast, yeah. that would Please be don't. awesome. He's on my list. That, I already he is him. worldwide. <laughs> right. The thought, the thought I'm, I'm having here too, and have been working on this week is we need to form a network with people like Brandy that cross refer one another. Well, we are. So that's like, what, I mean, that's part of this. You know, well, getting people on the show, and now more, like we're I mean, all in to, touch. We don't want people to have to listen to. 375 hours of podcasts to get or go through all the descriptions. I'm thinking about a little web page where you have reciprocal oh. agreements to say, okay, Brandy, when you have a more general question, like peanut. You, you might mention us like peanuts. There's an app that's like that. I figured. Thank you. Peanuts. I don't know really? if it's... Like the comic strip. What? Interesting. Well, it's like a peanut. I think it's it's image is like a peanut. Okay. Yeah. All right. I will check that I out. Think, and then we'll yeah. work on work on reciprocal agreements, you know, amongst us people trying to change the world a little bit and figure out how to do it full time. Like ref, like referral relationships, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and refer and support, each other so to one can, you know, to each other. So we're not, you know, we're not having to do other jobs or whatever, or can do it as much as, as we can, but share our knowledge and, and, uh, make it possible to devote time to it. Yeah. Brandy, I, and, and this is, I guess in my head goes without saying, um, but I've, you know, I've had conversations with some of our other guests before and after the show and, um, there's that's part of why I wanted to do this and to start. And that's why I 
put the post in the Schmilly universe in our, in our business club, um, of like 2000 plus people is because I wanted to elevate the women that are on this entrepreneurial journey beside me. And we're in our Facebook group and we're uplifting each other and we're learning all the, you know, all how to run a business, um, Mm -hmm. and sharing our struggles and sharing our triumphs in the group. And, uh, and that, and it makes a huge difference. Like I would not be here without that group. And so I put out the like, Hey, I have a, I'm starting a podcast, Mm -hmm. you know, here's, the requirements, you know, here's what I'm looking for from my guests, you know, parents, uh, child, child experts, parenting experts, et cetera. And in like a week I had 25 appoint, you know, call appointments set up with different women in the group who were, um, experts in childcare or, or this realm in some way. And, it has ab- it absolutely blew me away one to get that level of response but two like every single person i have talked to including you brandy i like i'm like i want to be friends with you like we've only ever known each other virtually and but there is a caliber of women who have set out to be entrepreneurs and change the world in their corner of it um and in their inside their expertise and so in building the podcast, I've built these relationships and these relationships are now like we are an even tighter referral group for one another. And so like, if there is a parent who has a high needs child and I'm like, this is out of my scope of, um, of expertise, I'm going to be like, I got somebody for you. Here's Brandy. Like, exactly. Yeah. You know, and it's so, you know, it's, it's literally like, it literally like gives, like breathes life into me whenever I have a day where I'm like, fuck entrepreneurship. (laughs) This is so hard. I'm so lost or there's too many things or whatever it might be. You don't have enough people. You don't have staff to delegate to. It is hard. Yeah. That's that's why not everybody does it is it's requires a lot of skills and and uh, you don't necessarily have them all when you're starting out absolutely that's why we got But there's a mission together. and that it's like the mission keeps us you know the mission gets us started and someday in and a lot of days the mission is the only thing that keeps me going but this community that we are in the club that we are in and then additionally this community of um, men and women who are, have agreed to be guests on the podcast, you know, and diving even deeper inside of that community has been, it keeps me, it literally keeps me going. And so that's why, and I'm sure your reasoning is similar. I'm like, shit, I'm going to start a membership because something that's ongoing, like there's value in one-on-one coaching. Like when you have very specific personal, things that you want to work on inside of yourself and inside of your family. And there's a place for like an eight or 10 or 12 week deep dive group group coaching program and in an intimate setting. But then the ongoing membership where you are constantly being held accountable, where you are constantly have a place to go um, and 
find that support group and find those relationships and find the people in your city and like meet up and have, you know, coffee or get the kids together for a play date with someone that you actually want to like be friends with. Um, you know, I, there's just, I would never have started any of it if I hadn't done all of those things myself and been like, Whoa, like (laughs) this makes life so much better. (laughs) Yeah. That's my rant. Found, I found peanut. Cool. <laughs> so a place to list yeah. all of our guests and all of their information to find them all in one place. Is that what that is? One one ring to rule them all. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We'll work awesome. on something like that. Well, I hope everyone um, has continued to listen to our rambling. <laughs> the end of the episodes um brandy thank you so much for being here um so much information that you shared i think will help a lot of people and help people in the doctor's office and help people just not feel so alone uh and get ready for the doctor's office at home Mm -hmm. and and they know where to go now for those questions Good. Thank you. There's an advocate in the world. For sure. Awesome. All right. Uh, We will see you all next week. Well, did you learn anything new? Or have you heard all of this before? Do you agree with us? Disagree with us? Have a question? We want to see you in our inbox or via the Patreon page in the show notes. Tap on either link to send us your feedback, share your own parenting story, or support our mission of providing a connected community for all parents. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you loved this episode, click on that little star and give us five of them so we can get visible to other parents who are looking for us. This is your weekly reminder. Parents, you already have everything you need inside of you. You are a strong, loving, capable parent. And here, you are never alone. I'll see you next week.